welcome to Trashy Trashy, where we take a dumpster dive on this week's garbage people and a look at all the trashiest news stories. My name is Erica, and I am your host. My name is Cassandra, and I'm your other host. Hey, what kind of wine you got right now, girl? It's a watermelon wine from Trader Joe's. What? Do they make it from watermelon? Or it just tastes like watermelon? No idea. I wasn't that into the viticulture of it. <laughs> You're I like just so saw watermelon and got real excited. You know what? I I hate to just like immediately like steamroll this and be like, hey, I have a quick Thanksgiving story because it's not why I'm trash. But what you just said made me think of so I brought mom a trash can to my partner's. His family goes to a big family friend Thanksgiving, whatever. So I brought my mom and one of the guys there who was like, you know, kind of someone like me, their first time here, like got brought as a, he was a boyfriend of one of the daughters or whatever. He was like, a, like he worked at a, a winery. And so he brought up a lot of nice wine. And my mom was like, Bleh. I don't really like wine unless it's like white Zinfandel. I like white Zinfandel. And he's being polite. He's like, okay, okay. So you like a sweeter wine. And I literally, I looked at her and I was like, mom, they don't know that we're white trash yet. Shut up. <laughs> like, cut it out. Quit giving away our secrets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been working really hard to make these people believe that I'm not white trash. And I'm not going to have you fuck it up fuck over it up. white Zinfandel. <laughs> Oh my god, I picture you just like pulling her shirt, like twisting it a little bit and like leaning in really closely. <laughs> that thing where like like you put like your two fingers in the nape of someone's neck and you push real hard. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> no. Somebody did hear me say that to her though and they thought it was funny. I don't know if they ever reported it to the rest of the family. I think my secret is safe. Okay. Thank goodness. You're still undercover. Did you have anything fun happen over Thanksgiving? I ate so much prime rib on Thanksgiving Day that I sat down on the couch and passed out for three hours. Like it it was like a little bit of wine and a lot of prime rib. And my body was just like, bitch, it's time for a nap. Meat coma. Meat coma. You ain't doing the dishes right now. Uh-huh. You ain't putting away the rest of the food. Like <laughs> tryptophan and turkey, not here. It's prime not, rib, baby. It's prime rib. It was disgusting. How I, I was like, I'm, I'm like Cass. Like, yeah, I'm eating so much red meat that my it body disgusts you to be like me. No, <laughs> I was like, I'm on. I'm in the upper echelon now. Hardly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard not to eat too much meat. It's, it's so goddamn hard. Yeah. But yeah, good. that was that was really, you know, fairly uneventful. We did a shrimp boil for That's Thanksgiving fun. on Sunday. That was super delicious. Shrimpsgiving, you called it. Shrimpsgiving and steaksgiving. Now, are we anemic? Mm. I should talk to my doctor about that. I don't Anem- think so. <laughs> <laughs> That, that that was the reason the whole time? I need an excuse. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, I need an excuse. I was on this medicine for a little bit, this appetite suppressant, and it made me lose the taste of carbonation. Right. You told me about that. Or you told, told everybody about that, I guess. I've told everyone. Okay. Uh, they switched me to a new medicine. But it's like the holidays. I'm afraid to start it because I want to be able to eat. Right. And so it's just sitting there. And my like doctor's like, how's it going? And I'm like, just fine. Erica. I know. I haven't told her I'm scared to take it yet. <laughs> you should. I know I should. I, I'm a monster. I'm no. Just... Why are you trash? Well, I went to Mexico. Yes, you did. For a- beautiful wedding Uh in Cabo. And at the airport, I, you know, got out a bunch of pesos. Mm -hmm. And when I tell you, I was just clipping those pesos off like I was a millionaire. Well, sure. Why not? Everybody was getting tipped. You drive me in a golf cart, I'm clipping off 100 pesos for you. You bring me a drink to the pool, I'm clipping off a couple hundred pesos for you. Like I was what I, I was so trash. 
that I was drinking so much, but I was like what I, you know, what a trashy person thinks classy is Uh by being like, I'm going to tip so much. (laughs) I think they were just like, this is just embarrassing. Like, you don't have to do this every time. I mean, good for you. I I still, I came home with pesos in my wallet and I was like, I did something wrong if I wasn't tipping enough. But I, I just... In my head, I was like, this is what classy people do. And like, just the act of thinking that was like a trashy transgression. (laughs) Yeah, we're headed to Mexico in February. And I was looking up the prices at like this winery that I want to go to. And I was like, geez, Louise, this is more expensive than Napa. What are people talking about? And then they were like, the website was like, it's in pesos. And I was like, oh, interesting. So then I looked up the conversion and I was like, holy shit. This is one fourth the price of Napa. It's right. gonna be fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I stayed at a resort, and I just <clears> felt <throat> like to get to the resort, you had to drive through like so much poverty, right? And I was like, this is kind of disgusting that yeah. I'm doing this, rather than like, because it, it's like my actions as an American have directly impacted and made this happen, and it was just like. Ooh, hard to separate the two. Totally. Well, that's why they keep you on the resort. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, good for you for tipping about tipping out a bunch of things and you know <laughs> going nuts with your money. By the way, I do need to borrow that giant hat when I go to Mexico. Oh, a hundred percent done. Thank you. And why are you trash this week? <clears throat> I'm gonna give it to you straight. I showered with my glasses on, and that's bad. That's stupid, but normal. I think that it's happened to people where they walk in with their glasses and they go, oop, (laughs) whoopsies, and they take them off. Sure. Here's the difference. Uh, When I noticed that I had my glasses on, because I was like just trying to wash my body. I wasn't washing my hair. And by the time I noticed that I had my glasses on, which was like a minute in, I was like, oh, I'm wearing my glasses. Oh, well. And I finished my shower with my fucking glasses on because I was too lazy to, like, take them off. <laughs> to step out and take like, them to off. to step out for, like, three fucking seconds. And so I ended up, like, having, like, a subpar shower because I'm doing all these, like, you know, back bends to, like, not soak my glasses so that I can still see. The solution was so easy. <laughs> but I was like, no, this is a quick shower. I'm not washing my hair. What does it matter if I wear my glasses? Some people can't even see without their glasses. And here I am. I, I was The mental gymnastics were more work than right. me to just get out of the shower and take off my glasses. So <laughs> just sometimes there's just small moments in my day where I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I'm just making things harder for myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Out of laziness. Like when your laziness ends up resulting in more work, you know that you have a problem. (laughs) Well, let's get into our first story because there is definitely a problem with this family. Yes. Sent in by Bobby LaRue. Thank you, Bobby. Bobby, you're taking us to Oklahoma. Where the wind comes. We can't use that song. The copyright strike us. But anyway, you get the point. (laughs) (laughs) Just spell it out, okay? It's a good time. Okay, okay. <laughs> From news, newsbreak.com, Oklahoma church kicked out family for marijuana that was actually oregano. So is this one of those websites where, like, the writer gets real into it? Because that's kind of how it reads. A little bit, yep. I want to make sure that our opinions are fully our own. Yes, we are reading the copy verbatim. Yes, which means these are not our opinions. Up in Oklahoma City, oops, not Oklahoma. Up in Oklahoma City, a TikTok is going viral from Redemption United Methodist Church. A family was kicked out because they brought marijuana into the church. At least that's what the church thought. Turns out it was actually oregano, which I, the writer, found hilarious. What is the excuse in every TV or movie when a kid is busted with weed? Oh, that's just my oregano. What's funny to me is that This family probably got kicked out for bringing, like, Oklahomans eat so bland that they were like, a spice? (laughs) Hell no. This is the devil's juice. Get them out of here. (laughs) 
So they brought the oregano for some menudo like that they brought because apparently after the service, you can enjoy a quick lunch before going back to the Department of Corrections. Yes, this church has a program where the Department of Corrections will actually bring in prisoners on good behavior to attend church services with family members. So they brought menudo for their family member and didn't add the oregano yet. And like the church members saw it, they refused to even open the bag and smell it. And then they kicked them out without being able to see their family member. They can't bring anything back into the prison with them, but they can eat while in church. Yeah. So this is kind of sad. Yeah. Like it it's so Oklahoma. Like I'm shaking my head. Like it's so Oklahoma. Oh my god. So uh, do you keep up with college football at all? Not at all. Well, roll tide. Huge r- roll tide as always. The head football coach of the University of Oklahoma resigned and accepted a job at USC. Uh-huh. And it is like I'm truly watching Oklahomans implode over this decision. He went to California. He went to California and, and you know he was like, you know, culturally it's just gonna be better for my my family and my children. He's I think he's trying to be like, I'm not a crazy conservative piece of shit, is what he's trying to say, but he can't say that explicitly. And like people are losing their ever loving minds over this. Also, some people just want to go somewhere where there's more money. Isn't like the the Seahawks coach like they he used to do USC or some shit like yeah, that? Yeah, he used to coach at USC, and this coach attended USC uh, for a little bit. It's private money. It's going to pay way more than a state coaching job is. Yeah, and also like who wouldn't want to live in LA rather than fucking? Sorry, excuse me. Before I even finish that sentence, I should, well, I should never dare. The 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 commenters that I've been following, like these like YouTube personalities, are just like, who would want to live in LA or California? I'm like, millions upon mi- like more so people live people. in this city than your entire state. <laughs> <laughs> we so grow many. your food. <laughs> yeah, it's grand. <laughs> but anyway, uh, they do harvest our oil. They do harvest our oil for us. Speaking of. Uh, a lot of oil. Good, a good. Range Rover takes a lot of oil to run. Yeah. According to Stereogum.com, Range Rover hired Wyclef Jean to play a corporate event, and he accidentally dropped the CEO on his head. Whoopsies. Whoopsie, whoopsies. You know how you always pick up the CEO of a company when you're playing a corporate gig? Uh-huh. Yeah. So he just wasn't ready for it. That's what happened there. <laughs> so Wyclef Jean was hired as as the entertainer at Range Rover Leadership Summit, a corporate event that took place in Los Angeles. But he hoisted Joe Eberhardt, the CEO and president of Jaguar Land Rover North America, onto his shoulders and proceeded to drop him on the floor. So here's a rule for me. Don't ever pick me up ever, ever, ever. I hate getting picked up. I've always been like for the majority of my life, I've been 5'10 and I've always been a bigger girl. Do not pick me up. So I one time in improv class picked up a fellow student Uh. like in a fireman's hold. Oh, my God. Very funny. And, like, I had a good rapport with that other part. You know, they thought it was funny, but the teacher wigged out a little bit on me and was like, hey, we don't pick people up in scenes. And I'm like, yes, but the scene called for, you know, it's like, the I felt justified. The scene called for it. Wasn't there, like, the from the second season of RuPaul's Drag Race, someone got eliminated because they picked someone up in a lip sync for their life? <gasps> um, I forgot what their name was because they ended up they ended up going on an all stars season and like getting like the f- eliminated first. Mm-hmm. Cause everyone's um, like, you're cursed. You're yeah. <laughs> you I, their name escapes me, but don't pick people up is the moral of the story. Don't do it because like get consent to pick someone up because you know what, when you're consenting to letting someone pick you up, you're also consenting to them possibly dropping you. That's true. That's true. I'm, I'm dense. I'm strong. Yeah. 
but I shouldn't have picked up somebody in an improv class. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you know. (laughs) Yeah. But our next story. So here's a preface it. We sourced the story from KTLA.com. Then the AP, the Associated Press, basically fell for it. And this was a fake story. And so Uh. they replaced. So, okay. Anyway, it's a fake story. But now the story is about how the Associated Press got duped. Amazing. So it's a story about a millionaire dog selling a Miami villa once owned by Madonna, part of a long running tale. Sounds real, huh? Yeah. So it was a publicity stunt. (laughs) That duped the reporters. So the story goes that for more than 20 years, a line of German shepherds named Gunther has been presented in news stories as a wealthy beneficiary of a German countess. The story appears to be a ruse created by Maurizio Mian, a scion of an Italian pharmaceutical company who used the tale of the globetrotting canine to promote real estate sales and other projects. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so the AP reported last week that a dog Gunther the sixth was selling a Miami mansion that it had purchased from Madonna for 7.5 million in 2000 for 31.75 million. The story cited, cited claims from Gunther's handler that the dog was from a long line of blah, 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 blah. We all know that. Well, I mean, look at that equity. Yeah. That's why you buy <laughs> 21 years and you go up. Uh, what's that? $24 million. Yeah, like four, 400%. Something, mm-hmm. 400 I mean, something percent. Who knows? Who knows? How could Math, we know? How could we'll never be able to figure this out? Literally impossible to know. <laughs> impossible to know. <laughs> I just, it's been a joke that's carried on for decades. There's no evidence that there's a German countess. Yeah, this promise is not even real. I I just love uh, when I found the story. I was like, "This is so fucking tr-. like a dog lives in a mansion, <laughs> and there are homeless people." Yeah, like a dog solo lives in a mansion, and yet there are still homeless people in this in this country. So the AP published this story, and then they then they retracted and said it didn't meet our standards; shouldn't have been published. I don't understand why every time like a news store like company is like when something gets published and then backlash they always go this didn't meet our standards we have no idea how this got published it's like just fucking admit it like yeah admit you it. were lazy admit it you were lazy or you thought it was real i mean yeah either one like whatever it's it, this guy's been going with this story for years like it's not out of the question that you might believe it that's so funny that's so funny. So, you know, the moral of that story is trust us, not the Associated Press. Trust us. We are journalists of the highest integrity. Yes. You know who isn't? <laughs> oh, who? The New York Post. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> when when talking integrity, the New York <laughs> Post is not at the top of the list. They uh, they do bring us our next story, though, about a Christian couple's rules for their marriage sparking backlash. A Christian woman is receiving backlash after revealing the strict rules she and her husband have for their marriage, which include a prohibition on porn and a ban on being alone with members of the opposite sex. Is this Mike Pence's wife? Uh, you know what? Mother, as he calls her. I don't think this is about mother. Oh, man. So, Bailey McPherson, who was married to her husband, Zach McPherson, since 2018, said on a TikTok, rules my husband and I have for our marriage that make people angry. So, she fucking knew it. Oh, she knows. She knows. The clip has been viewed more than 2 million times and is living up to its title with many viewers outraged at the pair's pact. So some of the rules are no friends with the opposite sex, no being alone with the opposite sex, no texting the opposite sex without the other knowing, no lusting after others, no porn, always put each other first, even over parents. <laughs> just, just tell me you don't trust the other person. 
No kidding. Like, what the hell happened to you guys? Like, who shocked you into this? I don't know. I'm just going to pull it out. Jesus hung out with members of the opposite sex. Yeah. So are you telling me that your marriage is better than Jesus? Well, Jesus wasn't married, was he? Well, I don't know. What was going Mary- on with him and Mary Magdalene? What was going on there? Is there something something suspicious? So, so she defended herself saying that she doesn't have male friends. And she said, personally, I feel like as a married woman, I have no need for companionship with another man that I can't get with my husband. My husband has no need for companionship with another woman that he cannot get from his wife. Who do you bitch about your husband to? Well, to your girlfriends, I guess. I wonder if she's even allowed to have girlfriends. That's what I would wonder, too. This is just like super insecure, kind of weird stuff. And, uh, hey, rules are made to be broken, baby. I think, yeah. like, uh, you know what I'm saying? There's a pretty direct correlation with people who are under strict rules, a lot of times with religion. And people who act the fuck out and sometimes take it too far. Listen, McPherson, you catch me at a bar. I'm going to guarantee I could seduce her. You're going to make her gay? I'm going to make her curious about it. I could could seduce her in two hours. Two hours? It's going to take a while, but I'll get there. That doesn't seem like too long. That seems like a short amount of time to seduce a straight woman. I don't know. You haven't seen me. And I haven't been single in quite a long time. (laughs) When I set my prey, my, my, you know, when I claim my prey, I'm just saying. I'm going to put something out there and I'm not talking about you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) when i was 24 25 26 even if i saw a cute person in the bar i would go like in my group of friends i would see them cross the room i go hey 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 until they looked at me and i said what's up and that would almost always lead to unless this person had a bad personality me Either pulling a number or hooking up. Okay. Hell yeah. I was good. Yeah. Now, that was me (laughs) in my mid-20s, early 20s, mid-20s. Now, I don't know (laughs) if I could so confidently. I mean, look, whatever. I'm in a relationship. We're good. But like how I got into this relationship was like. I guess that same overconfident realness, but also a pandemic, you know, there was like, maybe he didn't have as many options, but to deal (laughs) with my bullshit. (laughs) So I'm just saying that, again, this is not about you, but I would never, ever say you haven't seen me until I set my sights on someone because I have set my sights on people like before the pandemic, before my partner, and it didn't work. It didn't work anymore. People don't like it when you go, hey, hey, <laughs> and you're in your fucking late 20s, tired. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you, you're dressed not right because you're too old to dress good now. Hey, <laughs> what's up? And it's like, <laughs> No, ma'am, I can't show you how to use your Uber to get a phone, like a car home. Like, <laughs> again, this is not about you. I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> I, it surprises you when you get back in the wild. Oh, God, that terrifies me. That terrifies me. <laughs> I do think you could turn this off a woman gay, though. Okay, I'll just tell you that. Thank you so much. I think That's so dying. sweet of you. She's probably dying for someone to do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I hope that they don't become exes anytime soon. Oh, sure. Because also from the New York Post, a Utah man allegedly spiked his ex's coffee with meth. Wee! Wee! <laughs> <laughs> Utah, I'm surprised at you. Can I tell you the most fucked up part of the story before we even get into it? Yeah. This guy's name is 
Alex Joe Curzon, but he spells Alex A L A X. Alex. Alex. Alex, I'd like another coffee, please. Alex, stop putting meth in my drinks. Oh, that that is so bad. <laughs> who spells your name like that? Listen, you knew what AP, you were getting into. <laughs> listen, the ex who wasn't named in the story. <laughs> come on. Like, never to victim blame, but you knew what you were stepping into a little bit. <laughs> so he served his ex-girlfriend with a cup of coffee. This is all legend, of course, as is everything on this podcast. Allegedly. Served her a, a cup of coffee laced with met. Oops. Cup of coffee laced with meth and jolting her into a drug-charged panic attack. We've all been there. Weed will get me there, if I'm not careful. A drug-charged panic attack? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's accused of, of, you know, bringing the cup to her in bed. And the out-of-character gesture wasn't as kind as it seemed. Oh, that's out of character to bring her cough. Well, I guess if your ex is. Yeah. Yeah. What? Ooh, so many questions. More questions than answers in this story. So she started immediately feeling energetic, but then later came down hard and suffered cold sweats. Ugh. You know, I was dosed meth one time or <gasps> cocaine against my will. I've told the story on the podcast. Yes. That story I, pisses me off. It pisses me off (laughs) just thinking about it but yeah i i was definitely dosed and i couldn't tell if i was angry and it kept me up all night because of my rage at it or if it was genuinely from the drugs it probably a little bit of both i mean who knows but she so she went to the doctor the next day and took a urine test which came back positive for methamphetamine and this guy told his ex that she looked cracked out and said that he sent her a text message saying that he hadn't seen any meth that could last so long. So like, what was he thinking? He's using the good stuff on her is what it sounds like. Babe, I'm sorry. You just, you keep saying that you keep getting that two o'clock feeling at work. So I thought I would give you a little bit of help with your coffee. (laughs) You've heard of five hour energy. This is 35 hour. 35 hour energy. Come on, you've got that big presentation at work. I thought I was helping. (laughs) He was arraigned virtually and then charges including serendipitous administration of a certain substance and possession of drugs within a correctional facility. He's been held on $5,000 bail, the report said. Surreptitious. What did I say? Like serendipitous. 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 Like, um, it was a serendipitous moment where he put meth in her coffee. <laughs> God, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm like, what the, I do not know what surreptitious means. I know how to read it, but I don't know what it means. So, <laughs> And I'll never well, know. We'll never know. There's literally no way of knowing what it means. Impossible. Impossible for us to 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 find this information. Nope. Our next story comes to us from across the pond. Oh. From the sun.co slash UK, drivers left fuming after council paints yellow lines under their parked cars and then gives them a 70-pound fine. Okay, this is bullshit, though. This is some bullshit. A contractor allegedly painted parking lines on a quiet residential street in Walkingham, Berkshire, without warning residents beforehand. They allegedly lifted cars parked along the road with a crane on a truck, and while suspended, they painted the yellow lines underneath. That is is like cartoon-level villainy. (laughs) I don't want to victim blame, but y'all didn't hear... Your car's getting picked up one by one outside. By a crane? (laughs) Like, and also, it had to have cost the city more to get that car-lifting crane than just a bunch of 70-pound fines. Yeah, yeah, you're you're in the red on this. So they, uh, there's a resident who said that he's fighting back on the ticket. There was a, a f- his family saw the contractors picking up and painting lines. And then a 19, oh no, it's a 19 year old. This person, he says, I parked there last night and there was no signs warning that there would be painting lines. 
I woke up at 1030 and my mom told me that they were moving cars and painting lines. Didn't make much noise. Wow. How? Yeah. How? There's no beeps? Something? Well, the counselor, Shirley Boyd, from Bomesher and White Gates, claimed that residents weren't given any notice of the roadworks and admitted that the lines were newly painted. <laughs> Come it's the on. least you could do. <laughs> she said, oh, there was supposed to be parking restriction cones on the road yesterday, but it didn't happen. My be My bad. This is fucked up. That I mean, like, this is like some L.A. shit, though. Like, where you park your car and then you come out the next day to, like, a boot and, like, 15 tickets because, like, they decided to put up a sign with seven different instructions on it, like, overnight. When I first moved to L.A., I was trying to celebrate Halloween in Hollywood. Ah. And I got my car towed. Ooh. Because I parked somewhere where I wasn't supposed to. And this was when my car was still in my parents' name. No. And so I had to call them at, you know, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning their time and be like, um, I need your permission to get the car out of the tow yard and probably for you to pay for it. <laughs> like, What a nightmare. I mean, I, I've got a lot of opinions about parking tickets and the whole system and how I think that it's oppressive and trying to keep poor people poor. But I digress. Yeah, 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 yeah. Save it. Save it for your parky parky. Parky parky podcast. <laughs> I mean, what does the street sweeper even do? You know what? Never mind. Never mind. Now, a sidewalk sweeper, I'd pay a premium for. Get the shit the dog shit off of the sidewalk so here's what happened once and i told this story to a couple of people in an improv class once and one of the people who heard it somehow got some sick satisfaction out of it which made me upset but i think he works in like customer service so i used to live in burbank and this is as an adult not and not when i was in high school the street sweeper on our street said you can't park here from eight to ten on tuesdays and the street sweeper would come at 7.50 a.m. every morning, uh, on Tuesday morning, which meant that there was two hours where there was no street sweeper, but you couldn't park there. So the street mm -hmm. sweeper that we're leaving the side of the street blank for for two hours, already been there, already weaved around any cars that were still there, and they're still handing out tickets. So one morning, the street sweeper goes by at 7.50, and I'm like, oof. And I call the Burbank, like, police, I'm calling the police. And I'm like, hey, that street sweeper just went by. Call, find out his schedule, because right now it's just two hours where I have nowhere to park on my street, in front of my house. They're already here. That doesn't make any sense, right? And the person was like, you can't park there from 8 to 10. And I was like, <gasps> right, but the street sweeper was already here. Like, this is insane. Like, tell the street sweeper to come later if you're going to keep doing that. Yeah. You can't park there from 8 to 10. <gasps> and I was like, are you serious? And then they said, did you have anything else? And I was like, no. <laughs> I got off the phone. I was so fucking pissed. And I know that, like, they must hear it all the time. But, like, you guys, like, you're fucking everyone over that's wild <laughs> oh man i was so mad and i was like that was like one of those moments where i was like the government is bigger than me yeah damn it yeah if you want to see your place in the universe call the police <laughs> <laughs> so fucked oh my god speaking of fucked and the police let's get into our next story from q13fox.com immediately after arrest driver tells the reporter he started the high-speed chase because i always have weed on me <sighs> you guys know i love a car chase but <laughs> over weed <laughs> well weed in texas it's different uh, is it yeah Oh, man. Everyone needs to chill the fuck out. <laughs> In Rockville, Texas, interviewed moments after he was arrested by Texas police, a driver said he took off when the officer tried to pull him over because, quote, I always have weed on me. 
So this uh, 26-year-old Jonathan Davis told Fox 4, I'm done with people trying to take my freedom because I smoke weed. You can drink. It's 10 times worse. (laughs) Police said the 100-mile-hour chase began on Rockwell in Rockwell and ended in Waco, which I don't know the proximity. And again, there's no way of ever knowing. Absolutely not. That's a mystery for the ages. They spiked. Davis Mazda, Davis's Mazda, and shot out the tires before he eventually crashed into a guardrail. Uh, I <laughs> this is a funny article because it goes back and forth for what this guy says to the news for what actually happened. It says police pulled me over, I guess, because I was on my iPhone or something. I don't know what happened. I'm new to oh, he's not Texan. I'm new to this state. I just moved here two months ago and I didn't really pay attention to don't text and drive or whatever. So I did it and he pulled me over. He's my my guy, you're going a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not running. Imagine being on your cell phone and texting and driving and getting and seeing the lights behind you and thinking to yourself. Time to go 100 miles an hour. Time time to speed up. Because I have a, a little bit of weed on me and I am not trying to get a fucking texting ticket. Hell, you can get the death penalty for having weed in Texas. Is that true? No. Well, Erica. Sorry. <laughs> I fibbed. <laughs> so he said that he wasn't even sure what road he was on until they shot my car. I didn't know they was going to shoot at me. I was like, damn, they shooting at me? I ain't even got no gun. And then he said it was definitely a thrill. If you go fast in any car, racetrack here, it's fun anyway to me. I'm just an adrenaline junkie. You know. <laughs> You're not really hard to for this guy. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to be on Davis's side. <laughs> and, you know, a cab and all that or whatever. Yeah, a cab and also weed should be legal everywhere. But, like, come on. Come on, Davis. We can't. I'm an <laughs> adrenaline junkie and the, car, the open roads in Texas are like racetracks. It was sick. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're wasting taxpayer money. And putting so many other people in danger. I can't. All right. Speaking of a... Big waste of money. (laughs) Our next story comes to us from the DailyMail.co. Woman reveals she faked her own wedding, complete with lavish venue, stand and groom, a professional photo shoot, in desperate attempt to get her ex to text her, only for him to ignore the fake matrimony. The woman, who is named Jacqueline, revealed on TikTok that she pretended to get married in an attempt to get her ex-boyfriend to text her, but it didn't work. Now... Maybe this is the kettle calling the pot black because we host a podcast called Trashy Trashy where every week we talk about why we are, in fact, shit. Mm -hmm. But if I did something like this, I would never, ever go on TikTok and tell people about it. Yeah, because, I mean, you have a bigger reach on on Instagram. So you would (laughs) (laughs) Instagram. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Like, here's the thing. This is deranged. Yeah. You couldn't even write this in a script. No one would believe you. No one would believe you. They'd be like, it's too much. She showed the pictures that were taken from the fake wedding in a now viral video, which has gained 1.7 million views since it was posted. The photos showed her and her faux groom cuddling, laughing, and dancing together while she donned a fancy white wedding gown and he wore a tux. Well. Whoa. Okay, listen to this. She rented out a venue to take the photos, had her hair done professionally, and paid to have a wedding cake made. So the photos that were taken looked convincing, but the stunt was unsuccessful. And no one knows how much she paid for it, but this uh, article was guessing anywhere between $500 and $10,000. Because, I mean, like, let's think about it. The If you're running a venue for a few hours um, because of your weird, like, photo shoot, like, I have no idea how much that would cost. But I know a wedding photographer usually costs around three or four grand and then you have to pay this actor who he probably did it for free uh let's be honest um (laughs) you can get a wedding dress for like 25 bucks if the actor already has a suit you'll save there i guess 
the cake, the cake and the photographer is where it gets expensive. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And the hair. Mm, mm-hmm. I did not factor in the hair. But she probably paid like five or six grand for this. Like, for who? For this ex? Like, what? what's up with him? Yeah, what's his deal? Man, this is crazy. I mean, he probably blocked her on like all socials. And like, also, hey, if you see that your ex gets married, don't text them. No. No, that's like, oh, okay, they're married now. Move along. Psychotic. She would have done better by like, you know, faking that she was pregnant or something. (laughs) (laughs) I need to tell you something, Adrian. The baby's (laughs) yours. He's like, how? We haven't seen each other in 16 months. I stole your sperm. I'm sorry. Oh, God. Oh, my God. We have another story. This one comes to us from nwitimes.com. Portridge? Porridge? Portage? Portage. Oh, because it's like a place. I'm dumb. It doesn't matter if I read them beforehand. I still say stupid shit. Portage Diner busted after fleeing Bill, then returning after forgetting cell phone. Oopsies. Here's the thing about crime. (laughs) You have to double check you have your shit together. She was like, my cell phone was going to be my calling card, but then I decided that never mind. Never mind. A 28-year-old woman accused of fleeing from a local restaurant without paying her bill was nabbed and faces two criminal charges after returning to the business after she realized she had left her cell phone behind, police said. Yeah, man. Don't dine and dash and leave behind your cell phone. Or if you do, the cell phone's gone. No, yeah. It's it's gone forever. Like, turn on Find My iPhone, clear that shit off, and then (laughs) it's over. (laughs) Buy a new phone. You should have paid for your bill. Honey Jones of Atlanta faces misdemeanor counts of theft and battery after following the Saturday night incident at Ed, at El Pueblo Mexican Restaurant at 5350 US 6, the Portage police said. The police got called to the restaurant at 9 p.m. and she was part of a party of 12 to 14 people. Everyone else paid their bill, but she did not. And the cell phone was found where she'd been sitting. I mean, oh, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> Like, go after someone else for the for the money. Like, you don't let all those people leave until everything's been paid. I've been a waitress before. Well, and and she had plausible deniability to say, oh, I thought someone else picked up my check. A hundred percent. But instead, so she sent in a child. She sent in a little kid asking to get her phone. After the child was told to have Honey return to pay her bill, Honey arrived and began... And began screaming at employees about her phone. She pushed an employee out of the way, entered the office to retrieve her phone, and then fled in a black car with a few children and one other adult. Yeah, so (laughs) that's not good. Not good. Apparently, she thought that one of her cousins was supposed to have paid for her meal. That's what she told the cops, but. Right. And if they say you didn't pay, you didn't pay. (laughs) What a nightmare. What a fucking nightmare. You know what else would be a nightmare? Oh, my God. (laughs) This next story is so bad. (laughs) From the New Zealand Herald dot co. Blizzard traps 60 in New Yorkshire pub with Oasis cover band. <laughs> 60 pub goers and an Oasis cover band. <laughs> they couldn't just say 62 people. They had to that everyone knew. It's 60 people and an Oasis cover band were trapped by severe snows in Britain's highest pub for three days. On Friday, occupants of Tan Hill Inn were forced to sleep on the floor after Storm Arwen closed roads across the Yorkshire Dales. Uh, 528 meters above sea level. I don't know what that is in miles. There's no way I could. There's no way for us to look it up either. Tan Hill is a high point at the Penin Waywalk and one of UK's most popular long distance trails. The storm disruption and power cuts had that uh, A66, which I guess is the road up there, closed, and it trapped pub goers. 
Pub worker Anya Harnett said that she had to find space for 20 people to sleep on top of 40 guests who were booked to stay the night. <laughs> we're making the best of the situation. Everyone is welcome to stay as long as needed. We have enough supplies to keep people warm and fed. Well, that's nice. <laughs> when guests tried to leave Saturday morning, they discovered they were snowed in. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, I like the idea of just being like, fuck. There's no way out. There's <laughs> and then just behind you you hear today is gonna be the day. day. <laughs> Go back to you. And then like on day two, you're like, Does it no gun down at all? Today is gonna be the day. <laughs> and then like when you're trying to go to sleep, you hear today. It's like fuck. Like, no one asked you to perform all... Probably this pub owner is like, we didn't pay you all weekend. I'm making this up. I have no idea if they paid the whole weekend or that they just played the whole time. But why else would you point out that there was an Oasis government? Well, and they're called Noasis. Of course they fucking are. (laughs) So then they were talking about... After this, they were considering changing their names to Snowasis. (laughs) Oh my god. Fuck you. <laughs> Apparently everyone had a good time though. Like that's everyone that they're covering. They're like, we made such good friends. Yeah, they 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 were they were treated to karaoke, films, and plenty of pub food. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I love it. I, I mean, it sounds like a fucking living nightmare, but it sounds like they were fine. They probably happens all the time. I mean, this sounds like a movie. And I mean, like, <laughs> like a really bad movie, but I would watch it. <laughs> Said maybe. Uh, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah, I think. Let's do it. Okay. Well, it's the time for the dumpster fire of the week. Oh my god! Hello, that was new. Uh, that was actually sent in by a listener and friend of the podcast, Tyson Saner. Yes, Tyson Saner, thank you so much. You're the best. That was very nice of you to make for us. If you want to know more about Tyson, he hosts two podcasts. He hosts the Antisocial Show, which Erica and I have been on before, and the Suck-A-Tash podcast. Check him out. He's a very good person, and thank you for that sting. Woo! Let's get into it. It's, you know, Christmas is right around the corner. Christmas time is... Hey, but hey, happy Hanukkah to all of our Jewish listeners who listen. Happy Hanukkah. Jewish listeners who listen. What a dope. I meant to say who celebrate. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. I was trying to look cool in front of our Jewish listeners. You failed. No latkes for you. No. This comes to us from thepatch.com. Georgia judge bans Elf on the Shelf. My gift to tired parents. <laughs> A Cobb County judge issued a joke judicial order last week banning the stealthy elf on the shelf from sneaking into homes in the county. So if you're not aware, there's (laughs) a recent tradition is to put this elf all around the house and pretend like or hell, what am I to say to pretend? Santa might be real. I don't know. He might be a messenger (laughs) of Santa. <laughs> the elf on the shelf, you move it around your house and you tell the children that he's spying for Santa, which is fucked up. And he's reporting back to Santa, so you better be good. I have a an old friend who does this and she posted on her Instagram story being like, anybody have any ideas for this? Because I've done it about a hundred times now. I mean, her kid's not a hundred years old. Like she moves it all. She moves it all year, but she's like, my Pinterest is tired. I'm tired. I was hoping he wouldn't bring it up, but my kid wants to know where the elf is. And she proceeded then to post in her story, like all the other things that she's done before. And when I tell you that she wasn't exaggerating with like the hundred times, like I had to just click away. I couldn't even look at them all because I was like, this is losing my interest. Yeah. Because you've done it so many fucking times. Like, 
this is i mean i think this is out of control it's it's like every day you move the elf around and you place it in a new environment and act like oh the elf was hanging out in the library or hanging out by the tv stand so it's like there's only so many places in your home it's all the same stupid looking elf too it's like the elf in like the red suit i saw one actually at a bar yesterday and i was like one i was like what is the trip what is this what's the point of this it's a marketing ploy and they sold a book and then you buy the elf on the shelf it's it's all just money it's all leads back to money so this judge is calling it his gift to tired parents and he cited an example from his own children when he forgot to move his family's elf on the shelf so the undersigned recall <laughs> like that they use judicial terms the undersigned recalls a horrific incident in his own home where three children were sent to school in tears with one child being labeled an elf murderer and accused of making the elf lose his magic Her- the court has no doubt the day of education was lost on everyone The Elf on the Shelf is a relatively new Christmas tradition, and it was actually started in Cobb County. Oh, wow. It was a book published in 2005 by Cobb natives Carol Abersold and her daughter Chandra Bell, and they were drinking tea. And Abersell said she was at a low point in her life where she direct lack of direction and hope for the future. (laughs) This is sad. (laughs) (laughs) I I was telling Belle where I was in my life, which was at the very bottom, rock bottom. Like she's hitting a crack pipe, dreaming up Elf on the Shelf, basically. What's happening? I was at the lowest point of my life. It It was either that laptop and that Elf on the Shelf or a shotgun in the mouth. (laughs) Jesus. So... She did not say that. She did not say that. Her mother turns to her and says, Mom, you're such a good writer. Why don't you write a book? I mean, you know, I think that this tradition will die with this group of people once they start believing in, or once they start realizing Santa isn't real. Because... I mean, you've got people like me who I'm dying to reproduce. I can't fucking wait. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to do this shit. And I feel like a lot of other people who are like in their late 20s, early 30s, mid 30s, late 30s, like, you know, who waited to have kids. We're not going to do this stuff. This is this is like the Lulu. Uh, what is it? Lululemon. This was the Lululemon of Christmas traditions. You know, it's over. No one's doing it. <laughs> it's for pretty blonde ladies with who had kids too young. And this is like traumatizing to children. If you think something's watching you, like I've, I've seen this happen with my cousins. Like they bring the elf on the shelf with them places to yeah. make sure that the girls are good. Yeah. So, and by the way, I'm not calling my uh, friend who does this a pretty blonde lady who had a kid too early, although she is a pretty blonde lady. But free the free them, free them from this prison, free them from this elf prison. Yeah, these elves are basically unpaid laborers. Isn't the whole fucking point that Santa can see you at all times? Like Santa's like fucking God. You know, it's the same shit. God can see you all the time. He can see what you do. Well, so can Santa, allegedly. So why do we need this elf? I guess they're saying that Santa's too busy. I haven't read the book. To be fair, I'm a bad journalist, and I have not read the Elf on the Shelf book. Written by someone who was at their rock bottom. (laughs) (laughs) It sold more than 13 million copies worldwide. All this to get their kids to behave. Just, Just raise them correctly. (laughs) <laughs> i'm just i don't have kids i don't know <laughs> it's harder than it looks i you can know, tell you know what i love <laughs> is uh <laughs> i love uh when people you put so much emphasis on certain things and then when you try to play a prank on a kid it like ruins them like when you actually give a kid a piece of coal in their stocking and they're <gasps> no. like destroyed yeah, 
I remember, this is like nothing to do with Christmas, but I was just remembering a story that I heard from someone who was like, he was throwing a, he was one of my improv teachers. He's throwing a, a birthday party for his kids and it was Harry Potter themed. And so they had like their own sorting hat. And the first kid that walked up to do it got Slytherin and like just that's oh so fucked up for like it, he started crying it oh. like pulled everything to a halt <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, no why is Slytherin even an option like for five year olds <laughs> like everyone's this, a Hufflepuff if you're five this shit is too serious like Gry- Gryffindor Ravenclaw Hufflepuff like make the adult Slytherin like hello what yeah. are we doing here <laughs> They can't handle it. <laughs> By the oh way, my. what house are you in, Erica? I'm a Gryffindor. Oh, well, I can see that. You're very brave. Thank you. Very brave. I'm a Ravenclaw, but I have Gryffindor rising. I'm I'm a Hufflepuff rising, I think. I can see that as well. Yeah. 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 Well. Are you hoarding anything this week? I am. Um, I'm hoarding deli bacon. Oh, talk what? on it. Yeah, so like, don't, if you want bacon, don't buy some fucking freezer pack, like, sucked all the air out shit from the shelves. Go to a place, a grocery store, a Ralph's, a King Soup, your Kroger of choice, whatever. Or, like, maybe a fancier store. I don't care. If they have a butcher and they've got a deli counter where you, or not... Is it deli counter, a meat counter, whatever it is? Like, they sell bacon, and it's better than... much better. Like, significantly better. You can buy the most organic farm-to-table bullshit, but if it's been sucked up in a little pack like that, it's not as good as the bacon that they got behind the meat counter. Nope. No, it's not. That's what I'm hoarding. I, I just... I feel passionate about it. And um, oh, by the way, it's not more expensive. If anything, you're saving money. <laughs> yeah. It's a misconception. People don't understand. Like, oh, I thought that was more expensive. No, you can get the amount of bacon that you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are you hoarding? I'm hoarding a movie on Netflix called Love Hard. Oh, I've heard it's fun. It's a cute little Christmas rom-com. It... it Zigs where you think it's going to zag. It yings where you think it's going to yang. It is, it's about, okay, so a a blogger uh, that goes on bad dates <laughs> gets catfished. And she goes to surprise her catfish for Christmas in person. Uh-huh. And hilarity and adorableness ensues. The, like, hot, sexy main guy in that? I think that actor's name is Darren something. Okay. Uh, we were in acting class together for Ooh. a second. Yeah. yeah and I was send like, him a oh. note. I was like, that's a hot, sexy actor. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. And then uh, he got very famous very fast. Um, him and uh, there was another actor, Michael Cimino, who's on like uh, Love Victor or something like that. He, okay. He also was in the class at the same time. And him and Darren was like, wow, these are both good looking guys. Michael looks pretty young, but yeah, look at them go. And then like, I, I feel like within a month, I was like, oh, and there they go. Very famous. Yeah. Very famous. Proud of them. But they're nice people. Good. So it makes me happy that uh, this guy's booking movies and stuff. Nice. What are you throwing out? Okay. I'm going to say this and I feel like I'm going to get a lot of heat. Oh my God. A lot of heat might come my way, <laughs> but I'm throwing out Ridley Scott and House of Gucci. Oh, Erica, come on, dude. I haven't even fucking seen it yet. Here's the thing. It's not so much the movie. It's Ridley Scott making this movie. Why? It looks gorgeous. It's going to look good. It's a Ridley Scott flick. But like, I think he really wants to win an Oscar this year. And he's just painting with a really broad brush, trying to like, he put out two movies this year, both with Adam Driver, which is a-okay to me. Hello. Hello. But I just, it it was hilarious, but I don't think he set out to make a comedy. 
<laughs> I mean, I love movies like this. It's high camp, but not in. It's not camp. Be fun, if that makes sense. All right, I gotta. You I gotta, gotta see it. Yeah, because I'm not gonna lie to you. I could give a fuck how good that movie is. It has everything I need in a movie, which uh-huh. is Lady Gaga. She's Adam wonderful Driver. in it. Of course she he's, is. She's an awesome actress. Yeah, he's good. Like, they're both just uh, over-the-top Italian accents. Uh, fine. It looks perfect. It, the movie looks perfect. And so I'm not going to take this as an insult because I haven't seen it yet. But <sighs> you need to see it and judge for yourself. <laughs> I know I haven't seen it yet. I, I I'm such an asshole. Like I'm dying to like see it so bad. But I'm getting back to my pre-COVID ways of being like, oh, the theater. <laughs> like when is it going to come out at home? <laughs> it's 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 worth seeing. I'll say that. But I just think Ridley Scott's trying a little too hard. Tis the season of two-hour movies, though. I fucking hate that shit, man. It's long. That's what I will say. It is long. If you are someone who has listened to me at all in any capacity for a while, you know I do not fucking like a movie that is, like, if your movie is over an hour and 45 minutes, how fucking dare you? Like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Get uh, knock it off. What the fuck do you have? I'd rather you'd make two movies. But I feel like every other movie now, like the Oscars, they're getting longer. And the House of Gucci, I just looked it up. It's two hours and 38 minutes. That's long. That's really long. Yeah. Pisses me off. What are you throwing away? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so there I was on Nasty Gal. 70% off everything. So the shopping Cyber Mondays, whatever. Order a bunch of shit. The things are delivered. And I said, the kids are saying that skinny jeans are out. So fine. No more skinny jeans for me. Let me go ahead and buy a pair of mom jeans. These, <laughs> these jeans, I'm throwing out mom jeans. These yeah. jeans don't look good Uh uh-uh i literally looked like i put on my partner's worst pair of pants (laughs) like shapeless if i had if they would have had big old uh like reflector stripes on them it would have been jinko jeans these aren't good pants they aren't a good shape why are we canceling skinny jeans when these mom jeans don't look good on everyone? It's 2021. It's over. It's over. It's, not, they, a, it's not about models anymore. They look good on so few people. Like, on it, they don't even look good on the people who, like, I don't, I'm going to tell you what, Gen Z, you don't look good in those fucking jeans. The mom jean, to me, how I define it is the 80s mom jean that had a tapered tight leg and went high-waisted. So it was like the early the early stages of the skinny jean. But what they label to be mom jeans now are Jinko jeans. They're too wide. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Looking horrible looking. I was I was laughing. I, I've never I, I sent them pictures to friends and I was like, these are mom jeans. And like People who are normally nice to me are like, those aren't good. Those are not great. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, because no one could even lie to me. Like, <laughs> fuck it. I, I had to, I mean, I'm returning them, but like, holy shit. This can't be a thing. And now they're trying to bring like low rise jeans, which I'm like, whatever. No. Like, you can't get rid of high waisted pants. You can't get rid of skinny jeans. I'm sorry. We need to accept all types of jeans because there are, we're, allegedly accepting all types of bodies get the allegedly face with these fake wide leg fucking mom jeans bro yeah i'm with you they look bad they look bad oh yeah yeah well where can the people find you in these mom jeans Cass? (laughs) never nowhere
<laughs> um, if you want to find me outside of mom jeans, you can find me at Cass Cardenas on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on the Nooner podcast, on the Smodcast Network, on live on Tuesdays, and also on Pod. And if you're feeling antsy and you're feeling wild, go ahead and go on Amazon and rent the movie Violet, uh, starring Olivia Munn. It's a little bit artsy. It's a little bit weird. But hey, I'm in it. Woo! Where do they find you? At Iconic Erica Curry. And that's it. That's all. That's the only place I want to be found. On Instagram? On Instagram. At Iconic Erica Curry. Wonderful. E-R-I-K-A. Curry with a C. U-R-R-Y. Find me there. You can find this podcast at Trashy Trashy Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find us at our website, TrashyTrashyPodcast.com, where you can submit stories. Tell us why you're trash. And uh, thank you to everyone who's ever left a review. It really helps us out. We love you, and we hope you had a nice holiday. Holiday, yeah. Yeah. And that we hope you have good holidays coming up. Yeah, but don't stop listening. You know, like, keep 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 hearing us. Keep, keep a, share with Grandma this holiday season. Yeah, do it. Put on trashy trashy while you're making some cookies. While you're making some some, you know, hamantashes. Like grandma's like, "What is this?" And you're like, "Mom, this is CNN. CNN's getting crazy now." <laughs> I don't I literally don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> hey, Cass. Oh, what's going on, girl? <laughs> <laughs> Stay garbage. Yeah, stay garbage. Girl. I will. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>